0: Jesus House in pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential, impacting lives. This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London. God bless you. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this evening. We thank you that. You woke us up in the morning, and you've graciously been with us throughout today. Thank you for your loving kindness. Thank you for your grace that has sustained us, O God. And thank you particularly for your mercy that is renewed in our lives every day. We are grateful, O God. Mm-hmm. And Lord, we, here we are um, this evening. We've come to sit at your feet to look into the riches of your word. Father Lord God Almighty we ask oh God that by your spirit you will open our eyes to see your word oh God you'll open our hearts to understand everlasting father and that your word will will will, work, will will have an impact in our lives we bless you everlasting father Lord Jesus be glorified in all that we do tonight be glorified and Lord we um you know all things, you know the the reasons for the challenges and the back end. But as your word says, you will work everything together for your good and for the good of your people. So please be with us this evening. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 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 Okay, it is 7.14. So let's do the declaration. Oh Lord, we are your people. We humble ourselves. We pray and we seek your face, O God. We turn from our wicked ways. Lord, hear from heaven. Forgive our sins and heal our land. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We declare that our land is healed in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Um, Tonight, we're going to start looking at um, a a series that I I think is critical in terms of our journey, our relationship, our walk with God. And um, we're going to start by looking into the book of John chapter 15. I'm going to read a few verses in the New Living Translation and then we'll start our discourse. Um, But I'm gonna start with a question and you please uh, pardon me. You know, I I like to ask questions, so please pardon me. So my question is this, ladies and gentlemen, we've been looking at the Bible, we've been studying and journeying together for the last one year. And um, I'm, I'm sure for a lot of us, a lot longer than that. And I was wondering um, earlier on today, why do we read the Bible? Why do we study the Bible? What, What is it that we're looking for when you look into the Bible? Now, it's not a general question. It's a personal question for each person. So I'm asking each person, why do you read the Bible? Why do you study the Bible. Why do you join Bible study? Why do we do this? And I was reminded of um, that story in Matthew chapter 16 and we'll come there. We'll go there later in the the course of the day where Jesus was saying to the disciples, who do men say that I am? And they all said, um, some say this and that. And then says, how about you? Who do you say that I am? So my question, ladies and gentlemen, and it's just something that I'd like you to think about for a few seconds. Just think about it, and then in a few seconds, I'd like some of you to just throw answers out at me. Why do we study the Bible? Why do we read the Bible? Okay, I'm beginning to get responses in the box, but let me just give a few more seconds. Just think about it. You ask yourself the question, why do you read the Bible? Why do you study the Bible? Okay. So I've got a response here. It says, God is the Bible, so we read and study to get to know him more. Brilliant. It's like literally speaking with him. Fantastic. That That's great. Okay. Anybody else? Why, why do you read the Bible? Anybody? Anybody? Flo? Okay. Candice, Candice, you want to say? Yeah. Um, good evening. Um, I find it helps me challenge um, distorted thoughts that I might have or thoughts that are not quite in line with what God would say or what God has to say about a situation very very good so, it, it helps me challenge that and set my mind in a, in a more biblical way fantastic I, I love the phrase "help you sort out distorted thoughts okay that's brilliant okay um, someone says clarification on our own journey as well as getting to know God okay fantastic similar to Pierre Anybody else, why do you read the Bible? Rita, yes, please. Yeah. Why I read the Bible, it's comforting. Okay. for my daily, you know, daily routine of life. Okay. That's really and it really get good. me and it get me close to the Lord to know who He is when I pray and know He'll answer my prayer. So okay. that's why I read the Bible. Fantastic. So um it brings you closer to god and i love the fact that you said it, it's comforting so the word of god comforts you in your journey through life fantastic okay um adenka says for guidance really really important um somebody says to know the mind of god okay um i want to have to have a, a heart experience of god also it helps me know how to live and that's very very important okay one, one more person. Why do we read the Bible? Why do you read the Bible? Anybody else? Who's going to say? Queen. Okay, yes. Queen, go so on. So it strengthens me and reminds me of the promises of God in my life. Very, very good. So it reminds you of the promises of God in your life. That's great. May says, I um, okay, I've read May's. Somebody says relationship building to know the person of God. Okay. To know God better. Okay. Um, thanks for all those answers. The reason why I asked ladies and gentlemen. Okay, I've got some more answers says daily bread to spirit man to find answers to life's issues. Uh, read the Bible for revelation. Okay, all that is fantastic. The reason why I asked the, the question before we go into tonight's discourse is because like you've all said, we read the Bible for many, many reasons. But we mustn't miss out on the fundamental reasons why we have the word of God. So if I was to summarize all the many, many reasons, the number one reason why we read the Bible is to know God. It's the principal way that we know God. We read the Bible because God reveals himself through his word and the many instances in the Bible. We also read the Bible, like somebody said, for guidance in life, you know, the word of God, the Bible says that the word of God is a light onto, a lamp onto your feet and a light onto your path. So the word of God guides us into the way, the, the way we should live, the paths we should take, the instructions of God. We read the Bible, um, I think it was Rita that said, uh, because we get encouragement from the Bible um, the, the the Word of God comforts us and encourages us as, as we go through the Bible, we read the Bible to also know the mind of God concerning His promises. Very important, very important. His promises we enjoy. Mm-hmm. I like to say that we read the Bible just to understand how to enjoy the promises of God. But ladies and gentlemen, there's one reason, one other reason why we read the Bible that if I dare say we'd seldom focus on, and it's so critical and that's what i'd like us to start the journey of discourse on tonight let me see it says um to have personal understanding of god's relationship with man including me again yes understanding the mind of god our relationship with god um wonderful hindsight oh i love like this a wonderful hindsight manual for living within god's will interesting i wonder why you said hindsight manual i think i know what you're saying but really shouldn't be hindsight. If we're reading the word of God, it should give us foresight to know how we should live. Oh yes, another, another reason why we read the Bible is that the word of God corrects us. The word of God you know, sharpens us, it re, 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 uh, rebukes us or reproves us, as the Bible says. Um, let me read one more. Uh, to know more of the mind and how God wants us to live and to live very, very good. But this, Last one, and this is what I'd like us to focus on um, in this next journey, is that we read the word of God, ladies and gentlemen, so that we can become like God. We often, you know, a lot of our relationship with God, particularly in our devotion to God, in our prayers, in our reading the Bible, A lot of that is geared towards what we want from God, but we seldom stop to ask the question, what does God himself want from us? And one of the things that God wants when we read the Bible is that we become like God. We're gonna start a discourse today, um, John chapter 15 i'm going to read in the new living translation and uh, i'll read the first eight verses and then the 16th verse so it's a story you know very well a discourse you know very well john 15 it says i am the true grapevine this is jesus speaking he says i'm the true grapevine and my father is the gardener he cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit So they will produce even more you have already been pruned and purified by the message i have given you one translation says by the word you have heard verse four remain in me and i will remain in you for a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine i'm going to read slowly and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me yes verse five i am the vine you are the branches those who remain in me and i in them will produce much fruit for apart from me you can do nothing anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned verse 7 but if you remain in me and my words remain in you you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted verse eight uh, emphasis. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great great glory to my father. And then I'm just gonna add verse 16 for emphasis. I, I love this. It says, you didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. Very, very instructive scriptures, ladies and gentlemen. Um, uh, 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 Scriptures we've read quite a lot of times. My question is very simple. Jesus uses the scripture. He says, I am the true vine. I'm the grapevine. My father is the gardener. And then he says, he cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. And he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. And then he says, if you have my words in you, my, my words in you, you will produce much fruit. And then verse 16, he says, you didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit. My question, ladies and gentlemen, what fruit is Jesus talking about? What fruit is it that, He expects us to produce as branches that are joined to the vine. Remember, he is the vine. He is the tree, he is the main main tree. We are the branches and he says, his expectation is that every branch that is joined to him will produce fruit. What fruit is he referring to ladies and gentlemen? (laughs) I love, I love this. Somebody says, uh, question my grapes. Um, uh, Okay, no, not grapes. Um, So what, what, what fruit? What, what fruit do you think he's talking about? Um, I'm seeing those wind morsels. Okay. Um, Yes. Another says discipleship. Yes. What fruit? is jesus referring to anybody else what fruit is he talking about okay i love i love this uh pear says the fruit of the word now pear i wish you would unmute and just explain a bit more um i really love it you know why i love it because jesus says i am the grapevine it says um it cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit and prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they'll produce even more fruit. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I've given you. Remain in me, I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those will remain in me, and I in them will produce much mm-hmm. fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a power to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain right. in you, what fruit is Jesus referring to, ladies and gentlemen? Okay, okay, Pierce, you, you can't unmute. What a shame. Okay, I love this, ladies and gentlemen. And the answer is that, um, so, Modeshula says the fruit of himself. That's fantastic. And then Ayo has taken us one step further and says the fruit of character. Ladies and gentlemen, you know, there are many reasons why we read the word. And we've said a lot of them to know God. That's the primary thing to know God we read the word to get direction from the word of god we read the word of god to get comfort and 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 uh, and uh, encouragement but please we mustn't forget that one of the principal things that god is looking for that he expects from each one of us is that through the word as we remain in the word, we also start to become like the word. We start to become like the word of God. The word of God in us produces the fruit. And where is the word ladies and gentlemen? You know the answer, John chapter one. Uh, let, me, let me read this. Um, it's actually quite interesting scriptures when you, you read uh, John chapter one. It says, in the beginning, The word already existed. I'm reading the new new living translation. In the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. I'm, I'm sure you notice by now that the Bible is calling the word him, him, not it. The word is not at it. The word is our Lord and Savior. It says, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. Um, in verses 6 to 9, it talks about, let me read it anyway. It says, God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. And then verse 10, he came into the very world he created, but the world, world did not, didn't recognize him. He came to his own people and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. And then verse 14. So the word became human and made his home among us. It was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the father, uh, the glory of the father's one and only son. So ladies and gentlemen, um, we want to challenge ourselves in the next two, three weeks as we start this journey. Because like I said, let's not miss out on what the Father, what, what God wants from us. It's all the things we've talked about are fantastic. They're good for us, but then what does God want from us? And I, 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 I dare say that The thing that pleases God the most is this journey that we want to look into and encourage ourselves about. Um, It's interesting, the the last Bible study class we had two weeks ago before we had a break last week, um, I remember somebody was asking, uh, Pastor Badge, um, and the question was, um, what does it mean to be fruitful? How can we be fruitful? And we can be fruitful in many ways. If you remember the responses um, that Pastor Badge gave, we can be fruitful in many ways, but I would like to submit to you, ladies and gentlemen, that the principal fruit that God is looking for is the reproduction, the fruit of God's character in our lives. And think about it. When a tree bears fruit, the fruit is representative of the tree that it's coming from, does somebody understand that? So, so um, an, an, an apple tree, uh, it starts with the seed. Uh, the seed is, remember, as we've talked about quite a number of times is representative of the word of God. So you, you sow the seed, the seed grows and becomes a tree. How do you know the tree without seeing the fruit? The fruit is usually the representation, the result, the product of what the tree is about. And that is one of the critical essences of a Christian walk, that God challenges us by his word. That as we look into his word, as we read his word, as we imbibe his word, guess what? We start to become like the word. We become the fruit of the word of God. And I love this. Kemi says, Jesus is the word. Yes, and the word of God. And um, the, the, there's, a, there's a, let me just share one or two scriptures as we start this journey of um, bearing fruit. In um, Philippians, Philippians, yes, it is Philippians, Philippians chapter one. Let me read from verses nine to 11. Philippians chapter one, verses nine to 11 what does god want so philippians chapter 9 in verse 9 sorry philippians chapter 1 verse 9 it says i pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding verse 10 for i want you to understand what really matters so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of christ's return verse 11 May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation. The fruit, remember the fruit is the product. The fruit is the evidence. The fruit is the result. It's a manifestation. He says the fruit of your salvation, which is the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ. And then he ends by saying for this will bring much glory and praise to God. Remember, if you go back to John chapter 15, when he says um, that when we produce fruit, it brings glory to God. And, you know, think about it. you know, we've said this quite a number of times. Um, For those of you who are parents, what is your great, what's the thing that delights you the most when they say your son or your daughter looks like you? Even if you are frowning before you start to smile, when well, that's provided your son or daughter is a good good child. But assuming that it's a good child, and say, you know, your son looks so much like you, you instantly break out in a smile. It brings you glory because your son or your daughter is your fruit, is representation of you, is evidence of who you are. And that's what God wants us to be. That's what God challenges us to be. And guess what? We bear fruit, we become like Jesus, our Lord and savior, as we study his word, as we look into his word. Let me, let me share one or two other scriptures to buttress this. And then if we have time, we'll start to look at the character that God wants us, the characteristics that God wants us to reproduce. Um, Romans chapter eight, Romans chapter eight. Now Romans, Chapter 8 is a scripture that we read a lot. We pray from a lot. Um, and many times when we read Romans chapter 8, we you know usually read um, 20, verses 26 and 27 and 28. But there's one verse that we often skip over. You know what? I'm going to read from verse 26 because we're used to reading it. So verse 26 says, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying, For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God. And are called according to his purpose for them. And usually we stop there. But then, verse 29, it says, For God knew his people in advance, and he chose them to become like his son, so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And therein, ladies and gentlemen, lies this nuggets that we want to explore over the next two or three weeks for god knew his people in advance um and then he chose them to become like his son so i i did a study of 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 that and i'd encourage you to study that a bit deeper it says for god knew his people in advance you know that has a number of connotations first of all um it actually makes me appreciate my salvation more than ever before, because it means that God knew he was going to save me. I, I hope somebody understands that, you know, that that, that that out of the many people that are in this world, that one has, has had the privilege of being predestined for salvation. And that's such an encouraging thought, ladies and gentlemen, despite my waywardness and whatever it is that I was doing before, and like the Bible says, you know, when we were we were still when we were enemies of God, that God knew that one day I'm going to save Marianne, I'm going to save Damilola, I'm going to save Sandra and, and Michelle and everybody that is on this call, and and it's so encouraging. I think Rita, you're the one that said the word of God encourages so encouraging, but then it's more than that because the word for God knew His people in advance and he chose them to become like his son. That word "new" in the Greek is the word progninosko, progninosko, progninosko. So the word knew his people in advance and chose them to be like his son. That Greek word, I looked into it and progninosko means to know in advance what you are going to become or to plan in advance what you should become. In, interestingly, ladies and gentlemen, that word, that Greek word prognosco, is, is the root word where the word prognosis comes from. So uh, I'm sure you know, um, if you've been to the hospital or you have gone to see a doctor um, with an ailment or something that's bothering you, and then the doctor will do all their bits, and then they'll say, what's the prognosis? What is the outlook? What is this thing going to turn out to be? What's the prognosis? It's the same word, this Greek word, prognosko, that the Bible, the English word is translated as new beforehand. What that means, ladies and gentlemen, is that God's plan was not just to save you and I, his plan, his prognosis for you, the outcome for you and I, I, I is that we become like his son Jesus and he says that that will give him a lot of joy and glory and that's what we want to challenge ourselves ladies and gentlemen um, in this journey that as we read the bible as we study the bible the question we're asking ourselves is that are we becoming like him because that's God's plan. That's why we read the Bible. So we read the Bible to know God. We read the Bible to enjoy God. We read the Bible to be guided by God. But believe me, ladies and gentlemen, one of the important reasons why we read the Bible is so that we become like God. And so we want to challenge ourselves about the character of God. Uh, and you know, I, I was thinking about this earlier on that particularly. In this times, you know, as we enter the new, I, I actually feel in my spirit that we are coming in into times when the people who say they are the children of God have to stand up and show that they're the children of God. We have to stand up and show the character of God. Um, let me read one more scripture and then we'll go into character. Second Corinthians, second Corinthians second Corinthians chapter three. Okay. It's it's actually a long scripture second Corinthians chapter three, but let me read uh, it. If you have time just read it from the beginning just to get the context because he was talking about um, Paul Paul was writing the Corinthians in second Corinthians chapter three and then he was talking about the, 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 the glory of the word in the Old Testament, you know, Moses, remember Moses had a very close relationship with God and he would go into the presence of God. And when we look into the word of God, we're coming into the presence of God. So Moses would go into the presence of God and then each time he came out, his, his, his face was, was shining, you know, because he was in the presence of God. He was being transformed by his relationship with God. Um, But um, Paul was saying that even that experience that Moses had is nothing compared to the experience that we have in Christ Jesus. He describes it as the old glory that fades away. Um, Let me read from, from verse 11. So if the old way which has been replaced was glorious, how much more glorious is the new which remains forever? And then verse 12, since this new way gives us such confidence, we can be very bold. We are not like Moses, who put a veil over his face so the people of Israel would not see the glory, even though it was destined to fade away. But the people's minds were hardened. And to this day, whenever the old covenant is being read, the same veil covers their minds so they cannot understand the truth. And this veil can be removed only by believing in Christ. Verse 15, yes, even today when they read Moses' writings, their hearts are covered with that veil and they do not understand. But whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. For the Lord is the Spirit and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Verse 18, and this is where I'm going. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of Of the Lord. Let me pause and ask the question. When the Bible talks about the glory of the Lord. What are they talking about? Anybody? Let me read it. So all of us who have had that veil removed. Can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. So what's the Bible referring to as the glory of the Lord? What's the glory of the Lord? Anybody? The glory of the Lord. What's the glory of the Lord? Somebody, please answer, please. Uh, okay. purses are fruit. Um, we know we'll come there yet. His presence, yes. But what about his presence? The beauty of his holiness. What about the beauty of his holiness? What you know? You know these things. These these words or phrases we use them, but what does it really mean? The beauty of his holiness. Yeah, um, the essence of his being. Thank you. Who said that? Telma, Telma, can you tell us the essence of his being? What is that? What, is, what? What? What are you referring to? Okay, I've seen some responses. So, Dami, thank you. It's his character. So, when the Bible talks about the glory of the Lord, it's talking about the character of God. Um, I wouldn't bother turning there, but if you if you remember in Exodus 33, um, um, Moses says to God. He says, first of all, he says to God. I think from verse 12, he says, he says, um, let me know you more. Let me understand you more, so that I can en- enjoy your presence. You know, we've talked about that. The more we read the Word of God, the more we know God. The more we know God the more we enjoy the blessings of God. So he started with that. And then I think in verse 18 or 19, he says, actually, Lord, show me your glory. Show me your glory. And what was he saying? He was saying, you know, I I, I don't just want to know you from afar. I want to know you in a deeper dimension. Show me who you really are. And then God responds and says, you know what? You can't see my face, but that I will hide you in the the rock, and then I will show you parts of me. He then says, I will pass by and I will announce my name, my character. I will tell you who I am. I hope somebody understands this. Exodus 33 and 34. I'm just paraphrasing because of time. So when the Bible talks about the glory of God. It's talking about the character of God, the nature of God. Now, because it is God, you know, it's it's magnificent. It's you know, it's weighty and and awesome and and you know all that. But guess what? God actually wants us, like the branch that is producing fruit from a tree the fruit that represents the nature of the tree, God actually wants us to reflect his character. So it says, so all of us have had that veil removed, can see and reflect the glory of the Lord and the Lord who is the spirit, listen to this, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. Second Corinthians chapter three, verse 18, so, God wants us to reflect his glory, his character. And he says, and the Lord, who is the spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. I love what somebody says, Christ-likeness. That is what God is looking for. the physical manif- Somebody says the physical manifestation of God's character. Ladies and gentlemen, believe me, that is what God is looking for in you and I. And the Bible says that it gives God a lot of glory. So the question or the challenge, ladies and gentlemen, is are we, as we read the Bible, as we study the Bible, as we look into the Bible, uh, like them like a mirror, are we becoming changed into his image, into the glorious image of the word? Are we reflecting the word that we read? Because if we read the word, if we study the word, and yes, we get to know God. Yes, we're encouraged by God. Yes, we're directed by God. Yes, we, we we enjoy the promises of God, but we are not becoming like the word. Then we're not completing all the benefits or what God would have us derive from the word. So we want to start this Series for the next two, three weeks, we're going to look at the character of God and how we reflect the character of God. So um, let me ask a few questions. When we talk about character, what exactly are we referring to? What, what does it mean when we talk about character? And the reason why it's important to to grasp this is so that when we look at those characteristics we understand what it is that we're trying to achieve as we look into the word of god so what 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 is character what is character anybody you're welcome to unmute and speak if you want to or you can type so what's character okay attributes essence anybody else What's character? Somebody' behavior. Sorry. How they behave. Act. Be, very good. Your behavior. How you behave. Yeah. Okay. Um, the fruits of the spirit. We'll come to that in in a second. Uh, someone's true identity. I love that. Um, you're going. You're typing quite fast. Hmm. I, I like this. How we relate to others. Yinka Yinka Badmus. Can you? Expansiate a bit. How we relate to others? Can you expansiate what that has to do with character? Are you able to unmute? Okay, let me see. Uh, attitudes, behaviors. Oh, thank you so much, Rita. Attitudes, behaviors, values. Our thoughts, actions, and speech. Distinctive quality. These are fantastic. Okay. Anybody else? What, what What's your character? I knew somebody was going to write personality um (laughs) personality and character are they the same do they mean the same Mm, i don't know personality michelle personality and character are they the same things there's a bit of an overlap in the way they're used but do they mean the same thing they actually don't mean the same thing but maybe we'll go into that next week when we start to look at certain characters, characteristics, okay? Qualities, I like that, qualities. Anybody else, okay? How you carry yourself as a person, Hmm. interesting. Okay, I love this, ayo, ayo. Who you are at your core when nobody is watching. Um, You know, I'm I'm, I'm sure um, some of you have seen some of the... um, quotes that have been said about character i love the one that says that reputation your reputation is what people think about you or what people say about you but your character is who you really are when nobody's watching you you know your character is uh, it's it's the aggregate of who you are it's it's really the the outworking of your beliefs your values um, your 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 moral your moral um, uh, what's the word now what's the right phrase now the things that you believe in the things that that you value the things that you stand on the things that you know define you now a lot of those things people sometimes see them. But more importantly, guess what, ladies and gentlemen? God sees them. Because many times, as you would find out, and when we, we start to look into the character and characteristics, we are somewhat, in, we, we, we behave in, in a particular way outside, and then we behave in a different way inside. You know, I have to tell you the story. I thought about this. Um, you know, in, in our house, um, we have certain rules. And uh, regular, well, le- let's just call them rules in the house. And um, one of them is that when you wash, when you wash up in the kitchen, um, you you have to wash the sponge as well, you know. And my wife is very particular, you know, that you have to wash the sponge as well, so that um, you know it's clean for the next person. And um, I just found that, you know, I I couldn't really be bothered. So the truth is that many times when I wash. Um, I I wouldn't bother rinsing the the sponge. But guess what happened? Um, One day I was in the kitchen and my wife was coming in. And because I heard her voice, I quickly washed the sponge and cleaned it. And then she said to me, she said to me, did you do that just because I was coming? And, you know, we laughed about it. Um, In fact, there was another thing about it that God said to me, uh, that the fear of Funke is now the beginning of wisdom. But anyway, we'll talk about that later. But, I remember that today because there are many times we do certain things for the benefit of others. But the question is, who are you really on the inside? What kind of person are you? What are the fruits of your relationship with Jesus that you represent or manifest all the time, regardless whether people are watching or not? Um, Somebody says moral compass your very nature. And um, yeah. So ladies and gentlemen, we are going to start the journey. We started a bit late today. That's why I didn't want to go into it. But over the next two weeks or so, we are going to start to look at our character, our godly characteristics, the traits that represent God, the fruit of that represents the tree that we are joined to and there are quite a number of them we won't be able to go through all of them but there are at least three or four that I'd like us to um, that I'd like us to look at particularly in the next one or two weeks does anybody have any questions okay Um, some thoughts are still coming who is the real you that that's that's what it's about Okay, pastor could once say that characteristics are instinctive attributes compared to personality, which can be put on no, it's actually the other way around. Um, so, so your characteristics, remember your character, who you are on the inside, who, what you're really made up of. Um, they are things that are formed over time. You can't become a particular person or, uh, or develop a particular nature overnight like that. So these are usually the sum total of development, your beliefs, your values over time. So if you are putting up something, you're just putting up something, it's not really who you are. So that's not your real character. And then we'll talk about, actually, if I'd had time, I would have gone into this because you know what, ladies and gentlemen, the way god designed our journey in life is such that life will always test your character always test your character now satan our adversary he will always use circumstances to tempt you or to tempt your character and there's the difference between tempting and testing when satan tempts He tempts because he wants to disprove your character. He wants to destroy you. He wants to show you that you're not who you say you are. Whereas when God tests your character, he wants to prove your character. Let's read the scripture very quickly and then we can end with that. Matthew Matthew chapter three. And um, we'll go into chapter four very quickly. Let's do this very quickly. So I'll read very quickly. Matthew three into Matthew four. Then Jesus went from Galilee to from verse 13, I beg your pardon. Then Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. But John tried to talk him out of it. I'm the one who needs to be baptized by you, he said. So why are you coming to me? Verse 15. But Jesus said, it should be done for we must carry out all that God requires. So John agreed to baptize him. After his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were opened and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him verse 17 and a voice from heaven said this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy ladies and gentlemen that's my prayer for you that's my prayer for myself that every time god looks down at us he sees himself and he says this is my dearly loved son this is my dearly loved daughter that i'm pleased in but listen to this immediately after that verse uh, chapter four then jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil for 40 days and 40 nights, he fasted and became very hungry. Ladies and gentlemen, why was Jesus going? Why was he led into the wilderness by the spirit to be tempted by the devil? Any answer very quickly? Why was Jesus led? He was led by the spirit of God to, do, to the wilderness, and the Bible says to be tempted by the devil for 40 days why was he led into the wilderness anybody 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 during that time the devil came and said to him and you'll get the clue if you are the son of god if you are the son of god tell these stones to become loaves of bread And then you know the answer. Jesus said, No, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. It's not you that determines who I am. I know who I am because of the word of God in me. Then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple, and said, If you're the son of God, the question was, If you are the son of God, what was the devil trying to do? He was trying to disprove the character of God in Jesus Christ. I hope somebody understands. But ladies and gentlemen, for every temptation that Satan brings our way, believe me, it is also a test. God wants to test you to show, to prove that you have the character and the nature of God in you. And I think I will end there. Um, this was just the introduction from next week, we're going to start to look at the character of God as manifested in our lives, um, the fruit of God that he expects to see. It brings glory to God, ladies and gentlemen, his all essence is that as we read the word of God, we start to become like the word of God. God bless you. Ladies and gentlemen, we will catch up next Monday. God bless you.